Hello, my name is Denise Renner, and I'm so happy to welcome you to this program because today we're going to talk about something really important. Actually, we talked about it last time on the program, and if you want to go back to the archives and watch that, but we're talking about giving praise to God, giving him place in our life, giving him glory, opening up a place for him to do something in our life as we praise him. And I want to open up with this scripture in Luke chapter 19, verse 35. Now, this is an amazing story that I'm opening up to you because this is what happened just a few days before Jesus was crucified. And um, it says that the disciples, they bring a donkey to Jesus and the people, they throw their clothes on the ground. Uh, they throw their clothes on the donkey and we'll start with verse 36. And it says, <clears throat> and he went and many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and to praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And so all these people, they're all screaming and they're praising God. And it says they do it with a loud voice. And so you can kind of just imagine this scene. Jesus is uh, uh, seated on this donkey and he's going down the street. And all the people are praising him and praising him and praising him. And now they're taking their their coats off and they're putting their coats on the ground so that he can pass over them. It's just quite a scene. But something happens that interrupts the praise. And not only were the praisers there, but the Pharisees were there. And in verse 39, it says, teacher, rebuke your disciples. So in other words, these Pharisees were saying, stop these, stop this praising. We don't like this. You do what we say, but Jesus says something. And this is so amazing what Jesus says. And we don't have this in any other place in the Bible. And it says, Jesus said, I tell you that if these, meaning these people, keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Jesus was saying, this moment is so important for every man, for, for his redemption to be purchased. I will become the sacrifice lamb and their sins will be forever paid for. I'm going to die and go to hell. I'll be their substitute and I will make whoever calls on my name will be saved from their sins and they will live for me with me forever. And if they stop praising me, this moment is so important. Jesus is saying, 
If they stop praising me, then the stones are going to start crying out. Now, can you just imagine, I was thinking about this. If you could just imagine standing on that street and all of a sudden, the people stop praising God, stop praising Jesus, and then under your feet, these rocks start going, praise the Lord, hallelujah, praise the Lord, glory to God, he is Lord, he is king. I mean, can you imagine? I cannot even imagine, but this is what Jesus said. He said, if they stop praising me, now, you Pharisees, you just told me to rebuke my disciples. I'm telling you, if I rebuke my disciples and they stop praising me, then the rocks that you're standing on and the rocks around us, they're going to start praising me. Is that an amazing, just absolutely amazing thing for Jesus to say? Jesus is so Lord, he's so God, that if they didn't give him the praise, creation was going to start praising him. I just absolutely love it. Well, so when I was studying this, I thought, how important is it that we praise him? Well, we have three really good examples of kings who refused to glorify God. And God had something to say about it. And this is in Daniel chapter 5. <clears throat> and if you can, I want you to turn there because it would be really good for your eyes to see this. <clears throat> okay, this is Daniel chapter 5, and it's a verse 20. And this is talking about King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, it, I believe Nebuchadnezzar is going to be in heaven, but because God was always trying to reveal himself to him. I mean, when he threw the uh, three Hebrew children into the fire, Jesus came into the fire. He saved them. They didn't even smell like smoke. The king said, didn't I throw King Nebuchadnezzar? Didn't I throw three into the fire? But I see one, I see a fourth man, I see one walking around and he looks like the son of God. So God was reaching out to Nebuchadnezzar. Well, Nebuchadnezzar got a little self-deceived and he started praising his own self again and giving full glory to his own self and not to God. And verse 20 of chapter 5 says, and this is, this is Daniel speaking. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened with pride, he was disposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. So we see that, you know, this king who thought he was everything, that all the glory should go to him. When he didn't glorify God, God had something to say about it. And he took his glory from him for a while. And this King Nebuchadnezzar, he became like a beast and he lived outside and he ate grass. And we don't know how long, but he did this and he lost his mind for a time. 
Okay, well, that's pretty severe if, if for that king not to give glory to God. Let's look at another king. This is also a Babylonian king, and it is also in chapter 5 of Daniel. And this is King Belshazzar. Well, King Belshazzar, he was having a big party. He'd taken the vessels out of the holy temple and they were drinking wine and it was his concubines and his servants. They're having a big party and they're using these holy vessels that were, were in the temple of God. And God does not like this. And so God, he writes Bible says he writes with his finger a message on the wall. And we see it in verse 25 of chapter 5. And it says, many, many teko uparsen. And that means that, I'll shorten, shorten it, but that means that you have been found in the balance and that your kingdom is going to be taken from you. Well, when Belshazzar sees this writing on the wall. Look what it says about him. It says in verse six of chapter five, then the king's countenance after he saw this writing on the wall, then the king's countenance changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints in his hips were loosened and his knees knocked against each other. And then the king starts crying out, who can tell me what this means? Help, who can tell me what this means? And then his wife said, well, there's a man named Daniel and he said to interpret things. So they called on Daniel. All right. And then Daniel, Daniel said to the king in verse 23, he said, and the God who holds your breath in his hand. We talked about that on our last program. You have not glorified. Uh, and it also says, and owns all your ways. You have not glorified. You see, God noticed. He noticed in Nebuchadnezzar that Nebuchadnezzar didn't give him glory. Now he notices in Belshazzar that this king did not give him glory, but was giving glory and receiving glory to himself. So God notices. So you may be saying, well, but you know, that's the old Testament. What about the new Testament? Well, look at acts chapter 12. I want you to go there if you can, because this was not just in the old Testament. This was in the new Testament also. <clears throat> and this has to do with King Herod. So I'll read. And it says in verse 21 of Acts chapter 12. So on a set day, Herod arrayed himself in royal apparel. So he's looking really good. And he sat on his throne and he gave an orientation to them. So King Herod, he gives this big speech. Okay. And he looks really good on his throne. And the people kept shouting in verse 22, the voice of a God and not of a man. And then look at verse 23. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. 
Now, friend, I think we've got really, three really good examples of how God feels about when kings don't give glory to God. Nebuchadnezzar, he lost his kingdom for a while. He lost his mind. He lived outside like a beast and ate grass. Belteser, he was scared to death by the writing on the wall, which meant that his kingdom was going to be taken from him. That very night he was killed and his kingdom was taken from him. We see Herod. He was taking glory to himself and not giving glory to God. The angel of the Lord struck him and he was eaten with worms. Huh. Well, what can we learn from these stories? God sees who gives him glory. We can't just say that God is just blind and he doesn't see who gives him glory. It, it says that Jesus that, no, no, it's not Jesus that says it, but it's in the Old Testament. It says that the Lord, his eyes go to and fro looking for those who will worship him. How does Jesus about give feel about people giving him glory? Well, we learned about in when he was on the riding on the donkey that that if they didn't praise him, if those people didn't praise him, then the rocks were going to cry out. The rocks were going to cry out. So Jesus is worthy of our praise. But I want you to see this example. And it's in Luke. And it's in Luke chapter 17. That Jesus notices. And this is when Jesus. He heals 10 lepers. These 10 lepers come to him and he heals them all, all of them. But look what happens. So all of those uh, lepers, they go to show themselves to the priest. But in verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed. Now, leprosy is a terrible disease. Leprosy uh, can cause you to not be able to breathe easily. Uh, parts of your body can, uh, are eaten. Uh, sometimes it can affect your vision. I mean, leprosy is a horrible thing. And so this man who was a leper, verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, so he's looking, he's looking at himself. He, he sees that he's, he is healed, returned with a loud voice, glorifying God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Jesus noticed that only one came back to praise him. He knew that 10 were cleansed, but where were the nine? You know, friend, I don't want Jesus to say that about me. I don't want him to say, I have done so much for her and she's doing so much complaining and she's not giving me praise. Or I've done so much for her and she takes it for granted. We 
we don't want that to be said about us. We want to be like the, we want to be like the leper who was cleansed. And I love how he's so enthusiastic. That's so good because he says he returned with a loud voice, <laughs> glorifying God, and he fell down on his face at at his feet at Jesus. So it's kind of like, you know, he sees that he's healed and he starts yelling, Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. He turns around and he runs towards Jesus. Then he sees Jesus. Then he gets on on the ground before his feet. And he's, he's giving him thanks. Let that be us. Let that be us, Lord. That we're not the ones that say, Oh, but you didn't do this. Oh, but you didn't do this. Complaining that you didn't do everything and not giving you praise for what you've done. Oh, God, let that not be us. Because God notices. He noticed those kings taking that glory to themselves. He noticed this leper that did give glory to him. And where were the nine So what can we learn from the Pharisees? Now, the Pharisees, not only did they not give glory to Jesus, they're not even, they're in this crowd, but they're not giving glory. But they're saying, stop the praising. Jesus, tell your disciples to be quiet. And then, you know, Jesus says, hey, if they, if they stop praising me, This moment in history is so magnificent and you don't even know about it. But if they stop praising me, the very rocks under your feet are going to start crying out. So let's look at these Pharisees in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. So why would those Pharisees want to stop the praise that was going to Jesus what was inside of them that they couldn't recognize the greatness of our savior why were they so bold that they said to Jesus rebuke your disciples and tell them to be quiet could it have been that they were fearful could it have been that they were jealous or they were envious, or they were uh, offended, or they had judgment, or hatred, or pride in their heart? Could these things have had an effect on them to hold back their praise? And I have to ask you, friend, as I ask myself, what holds back my praise? Is it offense? Is it fear? Is it fear of something and I, and I'm not trusting God. So I'm overtaken by fear and then I just can't just simply praise him. Is it jealousy about somebody else? Is it envy? We have to search our heart and say, God, if I'm not praising you, why am I not praising you? And I want to read you something that's in the passion translation And it's Psalm 19, 
And it's talking about the word of God. And it's a verse 10. And it says, the rarest treasures of life are found in his truth. That's why I prize God's word like others prize the finest gold. Nothing brings the soul such sweetness as seeking his living words. For they warn us, talking about the word of God, his servants, and keep us from following the wicked way, giving a lifetime guarantee, great success to every obedient person. Without this revelation light, how would I ever detect the waywardness of my own heart? Lord, forgive my hidden flaws whenever you find them. Keep cleansing me, God, and keep me from secret selfish sins. May they never rule over me. You see, that has got to be our heart. I don't know if that touches your heart or not, but that touches my heart that the scripture, we could actually pray that and say, God, don't, don't let me be offended. I mean, if I am offended, show me. If I am prideful, show me. If it's keeping me from praising you, show me because you are worthy of my praise. If I'm fearful, God, show me. Keep me from any wayward way. Oh, that is so good. Friend, I realize that this is kind of a serious message, but, you know, I think that we're living in these last times and we're not playing games. The devil's out to kill, steal, and destroy. He's an accuser of the brethren. Uh, he wants to accuse you. He wants to... Um, annihilate you he wants to put so much pressure on you that you give up he's real the things that are going on in this world they're real we're not living in a fairy tale this is real and one of our great weapons against the enemy is when we turn our eyes on Jesus and when we praise him when we just open our mouth and say, Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you know this situation I'm in. I don't really like it, Jesus, but you're worthy. You're worthy of my praise. Lord, I thank you for everything you've given me. Lord, help me not be forgetful. Help me not to take for granted all the great things that you've done in my life. I remember, God, when you saved me. I remember, God, when you healed me. I praise you for it. To have this kind of conversation with him, always reminding ourselves to praise him. Because when we praise him, the Bible says, it steals the enemy. So for us to be strong in these last days, we've got to use this weapon of praise. Just to say, Lord, you are worthy. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I lift up my hands to you as an evening sacrifice. You see, God sees it. God sees it. He sees it. He saw those lepers, those nine lepers that did not come back and praise him. We have recorded in scripture for thousands of years the leper who did come back and praise him. 
I want to have that attitude. And friend, I've come to you today because I want to encourage you that you and I, is he worthy? Yes, he's worthy. But we have a weapon against the enemy, which is going to help us be strong in these last days to praise the Lord. When we praise him, as I said on the program before this, we give him glory. If you need to go to the archives and watch that, please do. We make a place for him. We glorify him when we praise him. When we praise him, we acknowledge him. The Bible says in, in, um, it says in, in the word of God, that he that comes to God, it, it's actually, it's actually Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, that he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. That's about praising him. That's about acknowledging him. And when we acknowledge him, he's a rewarder. Oh, friend, there's nothing we can lose if we just take time to give our praise outwardly to him. Well, that is my message to you today. And I hope you found encouragement in it, strength. Let me know. Let me hear from you. And it's been a pleasure to be with you. And I'll see you next time. All of us want our relationships to grow and improve. For example, don't you want your marriage to be in better shape than it is right now? Even if things are going well, you probably see areas where it could be improved right? In this candid 16-part series, Denise Renner hilariously and compassionately reveals areas where all of us can do better in our relationships and especially in our marriages. Sometimes little changes make big differences. Titles in this series include, Help! My mouth is making trouble for me. Who is in control here? My mouth or me? I thought I was supposed to change it. Help me, Lord. I need to forgive. I thought I had already reached my forgiveness quota. Rick Renner says, this series is so awesome. Every person will laugh their way to transformation as Denise candidly addresses areas where we can all improve. This life-changing 16-part series is available in digital or physical formats starting at just $25. We are also offering you Denise's companion book, who Stole Cinderella for just $15 with genuine warmth and candor. Denise recounts the journey of her own struggles in marriage and the unique insights she learned along the way to attaining emotional health and happiness. Your life will be enriched by biblical wisdom as Denise sheds light on your path to happily ever after and shows you right where to begin again if you've lost your way. Don't miss this special offer. The entire 16-part series, School of Cinderella, and the companion book, Who Stole Cinderella? Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.